You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danny, and this week has been really good. I've been busy with my photography, which is a little passion project I've kind of taken on. And if you're familiar with my photography page, it's Danny, or no, that's a lie. It's Dan Nad underscore photography, and um, just a little plug there. But it really just manifested because a lot of girls in my industry need their photos done, obviously. And I kept hearing real horror stories of how photographers were treating these women and being extremely inappropriate and just really violating the trust of especially nude scenes, being very vulnerable. And I just was really, it really saddened me. And I always loved taking photos of my girlfriends. I always loved finding a good angle. I liked being able to show them a picture of themselves and their eyes just light up and, and they see themselves in this beautiful way. So one of my girlfriends, I was, you know, joking about getting her ankles when we were on a boat and I was getting on my knees and stuff. And she's saying, you know, you should really pursue photography. Like you seem passionate about it. You get good angles. Um, compliment, compliment, compliment. Um, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to. So I've been taking photos of my girlfriends for a long time, but never really putting them out there. So I started asking girlfriends if they want to do like boudoir style or really any style of photography, nude, whatever. And, um, and then asking permission to post it on the Instagram. So the Instagram is slowly getting more, um, more photos put on, but yeah, and I have a couple shoots this week and that kept me busy. And then I also, I had a book club with another girlfriend of mine and it's a sex workers book club, of course. So we get together once a month and we discuss whatever book we've decided on that month. And this month it was Thriving in Sex Work by Lola Davina. And I highly, highly recommend it to absolutely anyone, whether you're a sex worker, whether you know a sex worker, or you're just generally interested in the idea of sex work and the world of sex work. And clearly you are if you're listening to this podcast to some degree. So all of you listeners, I recommend it to you. It's, I've read a lot of books about sex work, and this is the first book that I felt really encompassed what it is to be a sex worker, the like pros and cons of, the, of life in sex work, relationships with clients, all of that. And as I mentioned in the last episode, Lola Divina actually was a full-service sex worker. So um, you know she had sex uh, with her clients, and she actually ended up marrying one of her clients and is still married to him today. So all the questions that were regarding, you know, can you be in a relationship with a, with a client? How does that work? She really touches on that in her book as well. Not in ex- extreme extent, but um, she definitely touches on it and and walking that line too between professionalism and personal relationships with clients. So I know that's quite an in- area of interest um, for a lot of you listening. So I would definitely recommend that. And then what else this week? I am obsessed with Hey You, um, which is like, I'm sure most of you know, it's a video or TV streaming app login, kind of like a Netflix, but it's for reality TV. And anyone that knows me knows I'm obsessed with Real Housewives. So I'm all about just posting up at home after a day of working with people and hiding with Bentley and my boyfriend and just watching really trashy reality TV and it's totally my guilty pleasure, but I'm not, don't even feel guilty about it. So yeah. Hey you, I highly recommend, um, everyone 
getting uh, an account with that and then just holding up at home like I do. And I'm sorry if my voice seems a little like raspy right now. Um, I just worked uh, a pretty long day yesterday. So I've just, um, I'm just feeling it in the vocals today. But yeah, so I, I know, oh, I guess another thing that happened this week and I just wanted to like touch on it with you guys to see if there's any kind of feedback from you. I was sitting in the coffee shop, I guess like yeah, a couple days ago, and I was looking over my site and um, my Instagram and just connecting, you know, with the photography and um, the Squarespace that the um, podcast is on and the podcast website, all that, just kind of organizing myself. And a gentleman was sitting beside me. And of course, as most coffee shops are, especially in Vancouver, it's not a lot of space. So you're pretty close to each other. And I can kind of see him out the corner of my eye glancing over at my screen. Okay, sure, whatever, you're curious. And my photo on my screen at that point was a photo of me. It's actually on my Instagram. And I'm in the back room, dressing room of a, of a strip club in Kelowna. And I'm, I just have my feet up kind of by my head. Um, so yeah, that was the photo that was on the screen. And I just keep seeing him staring at it. And then eventually he goes, is that you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. And then I just go back to my work. Another couple like moments pass. You're really flexible. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks. Like what? Like I don't I don't get it. Um, like what were you hoping to get from that profound um, observation? Did you think I was going to like close my laptop, turn to you, and be like, I want to suck your dick so fucking bad. Meet me in the bathroom in five. Like, what were you hoping? And then I was talking to my boyfriend about this. I was like, oh, I hate how men just, like, interject into your life in, like, borderline creepy way. Like, that's not really a compliment per se. It's more so just, like, a, a sexual observation about me. Or at least your, your the tone you used was, like, to sexualize whatever. Anyways, so he was like, well, you know, like, for single men, like, how are they supposed to pick up women if, in the real world? And I was like, you know, like, a simple, like, Hi how are you? That works. You know, like, believe it or not, you don't need to like creepily look at my screen, comment on like a, a flirty, flexible comment about my photo. Anyways. So that was like my little rant from this week. So if any of you have any comments on men interjecting into your life or women, you know what? Hey, I'm sure women do it too and creep out men maybe. Um, feel free to write me in and let me know what the creepiest or like weirdest interjection someone's done into your life where you're like, really? Like, sorry? Exit stage left. Um, yeah, write me in. Let me know that. I would love to hear it. And we can share some of those so we all know uh, we're not alone in, in the creepiness of being on public. <laughs> um, but I, that being said, I did get a lot of awesome messages uh, regarding last week's podcast and there's two specifically I wanted to share that were a little longer and involved a few more questions so I'm just going to touch on those um and once again thank you everyone for writing in for the support it means so much to me there's honestly nothing better to hear than someone is loving the podcast is learning things it's opening eyes I love that and if there's honestly even on the flip side if there's things where you're like hey um, you didn't touch on this. I want to hear about this, or I disagree with this statement. Like, hit me up. Like, I love adversity. I love someone looking at things from a different view. Um, yeah, just 
message me. There's like I said before, there's no question that's dumb. There's no question that's too inappropriate. Um, that's the whole point of the podcast is to really just share things that people don't often talk about. So I had a message from Instagram and it said, I loved it. A few comments though. When you say for the most part, clients were good at number five, what constitutes a bad client? My first thought is like really aggressive guys. So I hope you have some sort of protection or security next regarding your comments about sex workers being in a relationship. I think it's funny how people ask that question too. It's totally valid, but I feel it's in the same vein as the financial slash. How do you make, how much do you make question? Would you ask other jobs that I feel emotionally physical cheating happens in any field and probably more so in quote, normal careers due to the fact that that communication and trust maybe isn't as strong as I feel sex worker relationships might be. Question also, where do you see yourself in five years? You mentioned thesis and a master's. I'm very interested in law school and law, sorry, I'm very interested in law regarding sex in Canada as well. So awesome. Thank you so much for writing in. We'll start from the beginning there. So you mentioned good clients at the five, what constitutes a bad client? So, I mean, Everyone has their own definition of a good client, bad client. A bad client to me is anyone who doesn't tip or is really cheap or tries to haggle you down a price or is physically aggressive or doesn't respect your boundaries. If you tell them, you know, don't grab me there, don't touch me there, and they try again to me, like, you're not even a bad client, you're just a shitty person. Like, you're not respecting me as a human and my, like, vulnerable position I'm in right now. Um, so that pretty much like money and like mutual respect is pretty much what makes or breaks my view of a client. And regardless of this sort of protection or security, we do, we have balancers and stuff that will come in if a client's being physically disrespectful for sure. And that I mean varies from each club. Band. There's some clubs where the balancers are really on it and you can tell they genuinely care about their job and they care about the women they're protecting. And then I've had some clubs where they really don't give two fucks. Like, you have to, like, beg them to be like, hey, this guy touched my vagina. Can you do something about it? And they kind of shrug, and maybe they'll get around to it if you bitch them long enough. Like, so it really varies on bouncer to bouncer and club to club what's allowed. Um, Fort Mac was definitely the club that I felt most protected by bouncers. Um, I could be like, hey, like, they did this to me, and the guy would be out in a second. Or they'd be watching, and they'd even see it for themselves, and they'd interject. So, yeah, I won't mention what club's worse for that because I really don't want to burn any bridges in the industry, but (laughs) I'm sure other dancers know which clubs really don't give a fuck about your protection. Um, Yeah, so your next part of your question was about sex workers and in relationships. Uh, She said, I feel emotional, physical cheating happens in any field, probably more so in normal careers due to the fact that the communication trust maybe isn't as strong as a sex work relationship. So that's definitely something I've echoed with my girlfriends that we, at least our experience, and you know, of course, maybe we're biased, but with ourselves and our friends and the relationships we know in the industry, there is a lot more trust and there's a lot less infidelity because we are used to men coming onto us constantly. We're used to attractive men asking to pay to have sex with us. So, you know, it's just another day to us. And at least I can only speak for myself. No matter how attractive a guy is, no matter how much he's offering me, um, it just doesn't really sway me away from my partner. Like I'm 
like it's all an act at work and I truly love my partner and I don't get tempted by falling in love with someone at work or emotionally cheating and the physical physical in quotes cheating that me and my boyfriend have discussed and have said this is okay in our relationship like that's I mean different for everyone you know lap dance are no problem in our relationship maybe other relationships have an issue with that but there's just a lot more understanding, I think, in sex worker relationships if you're honest with your partner. And um, and if they know you as a real person, they know that it's all an act at work, if that makes sense. And like I said, you know, if no no random guy on the street is gonna or some party is gonna gonna tempt me to cheat on my partner, especially when like the option is there to get paid for it, you know? Like I just don't I don't really find that temptation and I think I think most women in the industry don't. We get men throwing themselves at us all the time. It doesn't really interest us. Um, Our partners interest us. And I can only speak for myself and the girlfriends I've had that conversation with, but I agree with this writer, um, this person who wrote in that I believe sex work relationships do have more trust and openness than, say, a, quote, normal career. And then, where do you see yourself in five years? You mentioned a thesis master's. Sorry, Bentley is just driving me crazy today. He has really bad anxiety, so he's always needing to lick you, and he's just going to town today. So if you hear me, like, shuffling about and his little paws going, that's me trying to stop him from licking my skin off here. Um, But, yeah, so where do I see myself in five years? I wish I had this, like, cut-and-dry plan, and I did growing up. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my psychology degree. I'm going to become a paralegal, which I also did. Um, and then I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to become a lawyer. I'm going to become a partner, blah, blah, blah. And I did that. I got my psychology degree. I also did my paralegal. I worked as a paralegal, and I hated it. And I'd already started dancing at this point, so I was kind of like, why am I doing this? Why am I working more hours and making, like, pennies compared to what I could make, having no autonomy, um, no kind of say over when I work, what I, how I work, etc. So I went back to stripping, obviously. But, um, so I don't know if it would be in five years, but I would love to get my PhD, my doctorate in psychology, and I would absolutely love to be a psych professor, specifically um, specializing in sex work and also human sexuality and how psychology plays into that that's a real passion of mine and even if I did I so taught a sociology class in sex work or criminology class in sex work specifically because that is what my thesis is regarding um, sex work legality in Canada and bill c36 and in a bunch of um, different bills that have been passed but in five years I I'm hoping that comes into fruition. I'm hoping my master's is done and I'm working on my PhD. I don't know how realistic it would be to be done my PhD at that point because there's a lot more things I have that I want to do. And that's one thing I've been talking to my partner about is that I've been in school for eight years straight and that was really important to me. But I feel like I'm I'm 28 now, so I feel like I've missed out on a lot of my 20s in the sense where I didn't really travel and, and such. So the next couple of years, I really would like to um, put my money towards a really nice trip and seeing places in the world I've never seen that I've always wanted to. The top of that list is Malta. 
off the Sicilian coast. I really want to see Malta. And then I really want to go to places that have a lot of culture, like India and places like that, and just kind of experience traveling and experience different cultures. In Australia, they have a agreement that you can work in Australia as a Canadian for a year before you're 30. So that's another thing I'd really like to do before 30. And whether that involves me dancing out there or just working on a PhD while I'm just traveling out there, I do want to make that somehow into my five-year plan. Or at least, I mean, two-year plan since I'm, I'm coming near 30, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, so our, I hope that kind of answered you. With regards to career-wise, I, I don't know. I would love to be, you know, having tenure as a professor, but I don't know if that's realistic in five years. So that's kind of my general plan. I had another... Uh, email come in, which was actually from a gentleman that goes to number five. So I love that I'm having some people from my little number five world come and message me and listen to the podcast. It's awesome. So we're listening. Thank you for listening. So he said, I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast, 50 plus a tip. I'm just a guy that frequents the number five orange. And I wanted to ask you etiquette on tipping dancers at a club. From my experience, I don't usually tip a dancer when we have lap dances. It's not that I'm cheap, well maybe I am, but usually when I ask a lady for a dance, it is for a minimum of two songs. There are some women who demand a tip after our time ends, and sometimes I feel a little perturbed after the exchange. Usually I now avoid women who ask for tips. I also find the VIP ladies are more vocal about tips than the feature dancers. This is just a generalization that is not always true, but from going to the five for many, many years, this is what I've, I've experienced. My question is, do you ask for a tip regardless of the number of songs or dances paid for? Do you treat one song or dance, sorry, do you treat a one song dance person the same as a four song dance person with regards to tips? And do you expect a bigger tip for the latter? Also, what would you consider a good tip on one song or dance? I understand this is a sensitive topic, but I haven't really had the chance to ask a person in the industry the idea of tipping without knowing them prior to the conversation. Thanks for your time. So that's actually perfect that this gentleman wrote this in because it leads us into our topic today, which is strip club etiquette. But before we get into all that, I'm just going to address the questions he had asked. So the first thing to kind of note about strip clubs that might kind of clear up some of the questions he was asking is that first and foremost, VIP or freelancers, the girls that don't work the stage. So they have to pay the club to work each night. And that usually, it can range from about, 30 to $50 per shift, depending on the club you're at. And there's different rules. Some are upwards of $100, um, but some are as low as $30. And stage girls don't have to tip to be, to be at work. And the stage girls are also getting paid by the club to be there. So if they don't sell a single dance, they're still making their stage base. And that's roughly $40 a performance, and you perform six times a night. So you're usually making around $240 to go in that shift. So that might be why stage girls are aren't as pushy about dances or about tips because they already have their 240 in their pocket, whether they do a a lap dance, whether they get tipped or not, as opposed to a VIP girl, you know, she's out money as soon as she steps in that club and she's having to make up for that and then start making money. And then also a thing to note, and this varies from club to club, but the, the percentage varies, but dancers always have to tip out, um, the amount they make off dances. So the club I'm at, you tip up 40%. So for every $50 dance that you get, the dancer only keeps $30 of that and the club gets $20. So if I sell 
three dances, so $50 a dance. The gentleman gives me $150. I only keep $90 of that, and $60 goes to the club. So to answer his specific questions, you know, he asked, do you ask for a tip regardless of the number of songs or dances paid for? And truly, I always ask for a tip, and I like to think of it as a server. You, they have to tip out a percentage of the amount of the receipt, regardless of if the customer tips them or not. So it's the same for dancers. I have to tip out on every dance I do, regardless of if you tip me or not. Um, and I personally, I would rather sell one dance to a client who tips really well and shows that appreciation than a client who goes for a ton of dances and doesn't tip. I just feel like it's a little bit of a slap in the face um, to not tip. And then, do you treat one song dance people the same as a four song dance person in regards to tipping? Or do you expect a bigger tip for the latter? So ideally, in a perfect world, a client would at least cover your 40% tip out. So for example, if I did the $150 dance, I would hope the client would give me $70. And then for a $4, four, I mean, four song dance, I would hope the client would give me 280 because I have to give the club that $80. Question number three, what would you consider a good tip for a one-song dance? So as I said before, a good tip would cover my tip out, so 40% or more. And I don't think a client should tip less than the standard 20% that they would tip any other service provider. So that being said, for a $50 dance, you should always throw in a 10. Um, but given, I understand, you know, there's all different types of clients, all different types of budgets. Um, so anytime a gentleman does take, or a woman takes me for a dance, I am appreciative. And I'm not going to be rude to you if you don't tip me. That's just not who I am. But um, there definitely is, I do favorite a person who shows their appreciation in the form of a tip, whether that's for one song or 30 songs. Uh, I hope that answered some of your questions for you. And um, thank you again for writing in. That does lead us into our topic today, which is uh, strip club etiquette. Because I, I understand that it's something that people just aren't very familiar with. It's just something that people don't really talk about. It's kind of uh, people assume you know, which you don't know. So one of the first things I want to touch on is something that actually happens outside the strip club. When people find out you're a stripper, a lot of the times one of the things they'll ask or comment on is, do you dance for married men? Or in this guy's like, oh my God, you dance for married men? Or did you know he was married? Or do you know he's gay? Do you know he has a girlfriend? And the only thing I can kind of like attribute that to is like a bartender serving to an alcoholic, even beknownst or unbeknownst to the bartender. It's not on the bartender's fault or onus that he served to someone who has an issue or has circumstances that he should not be drinking. Also, so it's not my fault if a married man goes for a dance and his wife's upset about it. I'm not in that relationship. It's not on me. Responsibility is on that gentleman. And furthermore, I don't know what kind of relationship people have. I don't know if they have an okay understanding with, you know, married men being with prostitutes, escorts, strippers. Who am I to stop the gentleman and be like, All right, do, do you have your wife's permission? Are you married? Or did you take your ring off? No, I'm not going to do that. It's absolutely like ludicrous that people even like say things like that. Like, oh my God, you go for a dance with a married man? please. <laughs> um, so now we step into the club. One of the things that I can't stand is when gentlemen and women are in the club and they go, I don't go for dances. 
I don't get it. And please write in if you can explain to me why people go to a strip club if you don't want to partake in the activities that the strip club offers. I get if you're you're broke and you can't afford a dance and you just want the free stage shows, which is like a whole other issue. But if you don't like strippers, you don't like going for dances, then you should go to a regular bar because you're taking up a seat where a paying customer could sit and contribute to the women working. So I just don't like that in general. And another thing that I can't stand, and this I'm trying not to make this sound too ranty, be like, I hate this and I hate this and I hate this, but say Libby, that's how it is. <laughs> um, so when I go up to a gentleman and I say, hey, would you like to go for a dance? And he goes, well, why should I go with you? No, <laughs> sir, no. <laughs> I am not going to, like what's it called? <laughs> Flamingo, like <laughs> my feather, ostrich, like when they like do their little feathers and stuff to get you to want to see me naked. It's, I find it very insulting. It's kind of like they want to like play the girls against each other. And often we'll hear that like, oh, well, this girl did this in a dance or this girl let, like does this or lets me do this. Like nine of the time they're lying. They're just saying things. And also like, cool, I'm not her. So don't say that to a stripper. Don't be like, oh, convince me to take you. Like, it's insulting that you think I should convince you to see me naked. Bottom line. Um, Also, if a dancer comes up to you offering a dance, and please don't say, well, sit and talk with me first. Or only if you have a drink with me. You can say you want to drink with someone, but you need to tip them to sit with you because we don't pay an hourly wage, or we don't get an hourly wage. So we're losing money sitting on the floor. The only time we're making money is if you're tipping us to sit there or you're taking us upstairs for dances. And for most of the girls I know, they can afford their own drink. So you're not really saving them any by buying them a $7 vodka crown. Um, And that's usually what I say, you know, when a guy's like, oh, come sit and have a drink. And I say, no, he goes, why not? And I'll just say, you know, drinks don't pay my my rent. They they don't. I I can try, but I don't think my landlord's going to take them. So I'm here to sell dances. (laughs) Like, don't confuse yourself. Um... Also, just kind of along that line of gentlemen or women being like, you know, oh, you just want to get fell dances. Oh, you just, you're all about money. Oh, why don't you sit and like, why can't you just be a friend? Oh, why won't you go for dinner with me? This is our job. I know we're really good at selling the illusion that like we're interested and this is fun and this is like whatever. And sometimes those things may be true. But at the end of the day, this is our job. We don't get paid an hourly wage. And we, at, at the end of the day, we're here to make money. So respect that when you're in the club. All right, next, Pervro, which everyone has another name for it. I call it Pervro. It's the front row around the stage where you're right at pussy level. Um, so, hey, I'm all for you sitting in Pervro. It, it's awkward when you're on stage and no one's sitting in the front row. It's, it's awkward. It feels like no one cares what you're doing up there. But here's the thing. If you're going to sit in Pervro, you need to tip. This woman is acrobatting her naked ass across the stage for you. Like, throw up some love. Like, throw up even, like, a five. Like, just show some, like, attention to what you're doing because you want to sit there. You wanted front row seats to her labia flapping in the wind. You need to put some money up there. Okay, so let's pretend I'll be nice. You're you're dirt dirt poor. You're just there to contribute, like, emotional support (laughs) to front row. Then you better fucking clap. I... Like, I lose my mind when I see people sitting in the front row just staring. The song ends, they just stare. 
like, no, like, put your hands together. I, I can show you how. Clap for the woman who just, like, dripped pussy juice in your face. Okay? Like, appreciate what just happened up there. And then also just, like, the basics. Like, no phones on front row. And they'll, like, call you out over the speaker if you do. It's just a privacy thing. For other patrons and for the dancers, do not bring your phone. In general, don't bring your phone out in a strip club. It's kind of weird. And unless you're a dancer, we can be on our phone because we're bored as fuck. But don't bring your phone up, especially in Pervro. And... um don't talk in Pervro, really, like when a girl's performing, because they, they can hear you up there. We can fully hear what you're saying, and it can be really distracting. And also, it's just discouraging. You know, you're putting on a performance for these people, and they could give two fucks. So if you need to have a conversation, if you need to be on your phone, if you can't afford to tip, if you can't even, like, bring your hands together for a clap, like, you need to take a step back and leave that front row, please. Next, women in the club. I'm bisexual, so I have no problem women being in the club at all. It's just how women conduct themselves in the club. So if you're one of those women who's like legitimately supports other women and is like encouraging people to go for dances, encouraging people to tip, clapping, like appreciating what's going on, actively contributing to the strip um, club scene, I'm, I love it. It's great. The best is when a girl's like on your side and being like, oh my God, she's beautiful. Like go for a dance with her. Like, yes, girl, love you. Stay. I'm here every Monday, Thursday, come every time. But you get these girls sometimes who want to be like the cool girlfriend. So they go with their group of guy friends or their boyfriend and you approach the table and they just like death glare you. Like they were confused at what would happen in this club. And you know, they go, my boyfriend doesn't go for dances or we don't go for dances here. And you just see the look in the guy's eyes of like, oh, wish I could go for dance. <laughs> and then lo and behold, the girlfriend goes away. She goes to the bathroom or whatever. And it's the first person calling you over is his, her boyfriend being like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, you're so hot, blah, blah, blah. Without fail, 99% of the time. And uh, it's so funny. Like, hey, I'm all for girlfriends coming in with their boyfriends. I think it's a great idea. I think it's great foreplay. I think it like revs you up to go home and fuck the shit out of each other. But just like be the cool girlfriend then. Like be cool. Don't like put other women down. Um, don't like cackle in a corner and, and mock the girls' bodies. You know, one thing that the strip clubs have really pushed for recently in the last like several years is really appreciating different females' body types and different ideas of beauty and it's really nice that we have such a collection of women at all the strip clubs where, you know, there's bigger girls, skinnier girls, big chest, flat chest, different ethnicities, all that. And so to have someone, men or women, come in and make comments about the looks of another woman that's working, it's really, it's really saddening. So if you're not going to be there and, like, appreciating female beauty in all its forms, as cliche as that sounds, like then it's not the place for you. You know, strip club isn't a place to put down people. It isn't a place to shame people for their, like, desires or their fetishes or their interests. Um, so if that's kind of, like, what you're going for, then you need to, like, you need to, like, leave. You need to find the exit closest to you and proceed in an orderly line. Um, we just don't really have patience for it. I don't, sure as hell don't have patience for it. So that same line of women and couples... I am all for couples going for dances. I fucking love it. I love the idea of it. I think it's fucking sexy. I think, like I said, it's great foreplay. It's like a faux threesome. Totally here for it. And I know a lot of dancers get uncomfortable going for dances with 
a couple because you don't know how the girl's going to react. Like, it's a nice idea, but once it's actually in practice, people can get weird. I get that. Same as doing a threesome, which we'll talk in another episode about. But just my advice for dancers, focus more on the woman in the, in the dance. You know, still in- include the man by, you know, making little comments. Isn't it hot with your girlfriend and another girl? She's so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But definitely favor the woman. And then if she gives you the go-ahead to be like, hey, like, hit up on my man, then, you know, move to the man and whatever and include them both. But that's my advice to make it less, to make you have to be less hesitant. Just, yeah, just be aware of who you're giving most attention to. On that same idea, love going for your dance with couples. But let's keep in mind this is a dance. This is my job. That being said, please do not take out... This is for men too, just in general. Don't take out your penises. But with couples, like, please don't, you know, jerk off your man in the strip club. Please don't, like, finger your girl in the dance. Like, it, you'll make the dance stop because I have to stop. I'm not allowed that in the dance. And then you'll fuck up my income. So, <laughs> and I also, I just don't want, like, your juices hitting me. So, you know, well, let, let's do this faux threesome. Let's get y'all revved up. And then you go home and, you know, jerk off Jack, but save it for home time, please. Yeah. Just keep clothes on while I'm dancing. I know I'm getting naked. Uh, you guys can kiss, but like, I don't know. Sometimes it gets weird where you're like hardcore making out and I'm just like awkwardly like shuffling in front of you. So, you know, a little nice kiss. Again, ideally we save that. We save that behind closed doors, ideally. Um, so when you're not, when I'm not there getting paid by minute, then you can go fuck each other's like hearts out on that same topic of etiquette of lap dances now let's just throw this out there do not slap smack or bite the dancers this is not like it's like think about it as a petting the zoo like you do not do that to the animals do not do that to the dancer and i mean if that's something you like just need to get out of your system you could ask a dancer like hey are you okay with me spanking your ass are you okay with me this like always ask first like, I know this seems, like, very basic, but for some reason, when the drinks are flowing and the testosterone's going, like, things get weird. So, <laughs> just please ask before you manhandle someone. And don't, like, try to kiss the dancers. A lot of men are into it, like, making this, like, a really passionate thing. And it makes it really uncomfortable for a lot of the dancers. And... I get you want to be romantic and you're convinced that she loves you and, you know, this is the best lap dance you've ever had. But it's up to the woman if she wants to kiss during her lap dances. And if she says no, then don't, like, pout about it. Like, if I tell a guy, no, I don't kiss in my lap dance, he's like, Meh. like, why don't you kiss me? Like, oh, well, now I really want to. Like, oh, my God. Like, let's play, like, tonsil hockey. Like, no. Like, you just, like, even ruined your chances further by pouting that you didn't get your way like a baby. So don't do that. And then don't pull on my clothes. I pay a lot for my clothes. I put a lot of effort into wearing nice outfits. Do not pull them off me. Trust me, I've been in the industry for almost seven years. If there's anything I know, it's it's how to undress now. So trust me that I can take off my own panties and I can like slip out of a bra without assistance. So please don't grabby grabby like (laughs) pulling on things. Back to other like physical things you don't do to a dancer. Do not spit 
on the dancers. And I know, again, shouldn't have to say this, but I was giving a lap dance to a woman, actually. And during my lap dances, one of the moves I do is I have my back to you and my knees kind of up on the chair and my ass is in your face and I'm kind of like twerking my ass in your face. It's a fan favorite, trust me. But so, you know, she was losing her little mind and she was quiet for a second. All of a sudden I feel something wet between my anus and my vulva. Yeah, I don't think I sweat there much. So my guess is this bitch spat at me. Yeah, she did. She spat. I I think she was aiming for the pussy, I think. She kind of got more like the taint area, if we're being honest. But, like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing, lady? So it took me, like, a moment to realize. And I was like, oh, bitch just spat on me. So I, like, slowly, like, extracted myself uh, from my twerking position and turned around. I was like, hey, no. (laughs) It's a no from me. So, like, yo, like, you can't do that shit, okay? You need to leave. So, yeah, just heads up. Don't spit on a dancer. So just to recap, like, no slapping, smacking, biting, kissing. No, like, bodily fluid exchanges, ideally. Let's try to keep that to a minimum. Uh, also, just in general, don't tell me how to dance. I, I know how to dance. If, if there's one thing I've, I've fully, like, learned in my years, it's how to move my body. And I don't need you to be like, hey, come here, do this, move this, leg up here, leg down here, arms, back, flip, blah, like... No, I'm good. I have the routine down. I'm doing it for a while. Trust. Sit back and relax that I will make you happy. Also, there's a thing called a salad shake. I liked, I've termed it. I've like trademarked that. And it's when you're sitting on a guy. And I swear, this is why my back hurts every fucking night now. It's um, when you're sitting on a guy. You're straddling him and facing him. And you're going to gyrate. You're doing the gene gyration, as I call it. And this fucker grabs your hips and shakes you like a motherfucking salad. Like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you're just like, your upper body's just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I should start doing like live feeds. You can see me right now because I'm fully enacting how it looks. But yeah, they do the fucking salad shake, grabbing your hips, tossing you around like a motherfucking salad. And you're just like along for the ride at this point. And I don't know who it feels good for because, you know, my labia is like chafed now from your jeans but men fuck drunk men fucking love it it's like their go-to move heads up we hate that shit you're hurting our labias you're fucking killing our backs and like it's just like no I, we can't look good my boobs don't look that good like well i mean yes they do they look good bouncing but like my face probably doesn't look good at this point you're like my neck's getting whiplash like Tone it down. No, no salad shakes, okay? Next, here is a list of some of the do's in a lap dance. So do give money first. I know we're in this like land of lust and you're fully convinced that we're going to have your babies, but let's just take a moment, appreciate I am getting paid for this and pay me because then I don't have to get yelled at my boss. I didn't take a payment first because that is the rule of the club. You can tip after if that's like makes you feel better that we've like earned the tip, but just like pay for like each dance as it goes or as many dances you want up front. That's like ideal. Do give us compliments. The my favorite is 
men will always be like, you're so beautiful, but I bet you hear it all the time. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I do hear it all the time. And I fucking love hearing it. Keep telling me. I never get sick of people complimenting me. Um, and like even better if you give like genuine compliments, like you have a really nice eye color or, you know, like your feet are beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. But any compliments good, compliment me. I don't care. I don't get uncomfortable. Most girls, especially in the club, they're used to getting complimented. It's more awkward if you don't compliment us. We're going to start having a fucking complex. So compliment the fuck out of us. Uh, Do use gum and mint, okay? I can assure you, after all those hours downstairs, like drinking and, you know, smoking and all that, that when you go up for a dance, you're not smelling the greatest. So let's just take a moment. I'm pretty sure they have it in the men's bathroom at most clubs. Grab a little mint or gum, splash a little cologne on you because like the girls, we smell good. It's, it's very rare that I walk past a girl at the club who doesn't smell like some fruity ass baby strip concoction. Mine's vanilla. I always smell like vanilla. So we're doing that for you. So pay us back with a little like kindness to our nostrils and smell good. Okay. Lastly, and the most important takeaway, please tip the girls. Please, please, please. We pretty much live off tips. So appreciate that we lose 40% of everything we sell. Cover that 40%. Don't say, oh, I'll take you a tip in the form of going for dinner. Like, it's insulting. We can buy our own dinners. But tip the girls, and they will like you, and you'll get better dances. They'll be more frequently, like, coming to your table. They'll want to sit and talk to you because they know eventually, like, you show them appreciation in the form of a tip. Like, just trust that if you tip, the girls are better to you. That's just how it is. So, yeah, that's pretty much my long laundry list of do's and don'ts of strip club etiquette. If you have any questions, if you have anything I didn't cover, anything you want to argue, like, I shouldn't tip because of this, or, you know, she should kiss me because of this, like, or whatever you want to get at me with, of course, message me. So that's going to be it for this episode of 50 Plus a Tip. You can always follow me, and please do, at 50plusatip on Instagram, and get at me on email with five zero plus a tip at gmail.com. I'm I'll respond to you. I might not answer all your questions right away. I might save it for the podcast, but I love hearing from you. I hope you all have a absolutely beautiful week and happy home. (laughs) 